Okay, we're at the very top of the above of a bet. Three lines down. Amar Rava. Kevin Sha'abru, we're talking about Ta'akhir still. Kevin Sha'abru, Allah, Gimel, Regalim, B'choyom, B'yom, B'ver, B'bal Ta'akhir. Rava says, once the three Regalim are over, you violate B'al Ta'akhir every single day. Like, every day you don't bring the Korban, the whatever you're obligated, is a violation. Gemara says, Mejvei, Hafikasha, from the following sorts. It says in the Baraita, Echad, Bechor, Ve'echad, Kol HaKajim, whether it's a firstborn animal or other... Uh, whether you have a year that passes without the holidays, or all the meaning all the holidays, or the opposite, all the holidays without the year. We'll see more about that soon. You're in violation about the author. So Gemara says, um, that's very nice, but behind my Tuyubte, like this bright, like how is that a Kasha, like how is that Tuyubte on Rava? Like Rava was making point about you're in violation every single day. The bride is making a point about you can violate Baal Ta'akhir basically on the lesser, either a year that passes or three Vergalim, whichever is shorter. But that has nothing to do with every single day. So I'm Rav Kana, Man Dekamotiv Shabbat Kamotiv. No, the one who asked the Kasha did a good job. Mirte, let's see. Tana Alave Kamahader. The Tana is trying to seek out Lavin, trying to seek out negative commandments. That's what he's trying to to, um, to point out. Litne Bechol Yom Bayom over Baal Ta'akhir. If the really Rav was right, that there is a violation every single day, then the Brighta leap name means he should have taught us in the Brighta that every single day you're in violation about the Akhir. The fact that he doesn't say that, it's, it's, a, it's interesting, it's a kasha from omission, right? That the, the Brighta doesn't say how many like how many violations you be uh, in violation of indicates that that's not true. Okay, so that's the kasha of Rabbah. The Idach and the other uh, opinion would say, well, Rabbah say basically, Tana lemikvei belav gamahader. The Tana is simply trying to establish when the lav kicks in, when the negative commandment kicks in. Belavi yeteri lo gamahader. Extra lav, and he's not trying to go back and analyze. I Meaning, it's a different way you view the brayta. Right? When you say the brayta is telling us Allah about the negative him about ta'achir, is he trying to give us like the full range of all possible lavi violations? In which case, the fact that he doesn't say you're in violation every day would be against rabbah. Or no, he was just trying to generally tell us about ta'achir. About and not necessarily pointed out. So that's a, that's a difference of opinion. There. Okay, so we have we did not refute Rava, but meanwhile let's go back and look at that bright system. Gufa, who stated, So he has this funny formulation. If the year passes by without the holidays or the holidays without the year, what does that mean? It works well if you have the holidays without the full year passing. That would be fine, right? It's easy. Let's say you start on Pesach, so you have you know uh, the beginning of Nisan, and they have six months later you got to uh, Tishrei, and a few weeks after that you're done with Sukkot. So within seven months you've hit all the three regalim. You're far from having a full year pass. That makes a lot of sense. The how you gonna have a full year without having had all three holidays? That seems to be actually impossible. Mark says, well, uh, it works well according to the opinion that says that the, all three holidays have to be hit in order. Remember, we had that opinion. In order, that you can find, right? Because then you made your, let's say you made your uh, vow right after Pesach. Okay, so you're not going to be in violation until you have Shavuos, Sukkot, and then again, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. So that's well more than a year. So you can have the situation of a full year without the Regalim. That would make sense. But according to the other opinions which is basically everyone else who don't, don't think you need to have the holidays hit in order 
in order to be violating uh, Baltaqter. So again, how do you have a full year without the hitting all three holidays? Shmuel says, well, Bishmala Rebbe, Mishkakla Bishnamuberet. According to, it works well according to Rebbe, Rabbi Danasi, because you can find it in a leap year. How so? Titania, as we taught in a Baraita. Shana Timima. It says, you have a full year. Rebbe Omer, Monesh Loshmeot, Vishishim, Bechamisha Yom, Kiminyan, Yomotachama. Rebbe says, how do we calculate a full year? 365 days, which is, an, uh, which is a full solar year. Okay, that's a solar year. Okay, we always acknowledge the difference in the solar year and the lunar year. The lunar year, generally speaking, is 354 days. And basically, we take 29 and a half days per month times 12 gets to 354. I think that math is probably correct. You can analyze it after if you want. Um, and, the, and the solar year is 365 because of the disparity. And Judaism, we want to make sure that we have a match in between the solar and the lunar. So everyone's all we have leap years. We have an extra month we throw in. But bottom line is you have that 11-day dis- discrepancy. And uh, Rebbe's saying, when it comes to uh, these issues, you have a full uh, calendar, a solar year. Okay, Rebbe say, no, you only count 12 months from day to day. Meaning from whatever day you started, 12 full months after that. But if the year is a leap year, which means we're adding an extra month that we have this year, we actually have an extra adar. abra lo, it's added for you, meaning that you get to take you get to take advantage of it. So Gemara says mishkacha lo lerebi de'akdasha batarcha kamatzot. And you can find, according to Rebbe, that you uh, were makdish, this animal, right, to be consecrated for the Beit HaMikdash after Pesach. Now, what happens if you, if you, uh, again, what we're saying, that if you makdish the animal after Achag HaMatzot, you come back around, right, to get to the full year, but what happens is, the extra month is Adar Shani, that's before we come back to Nisan, right? Adar is before Nisan. That's an extra 30 days. That's going to end up being the leap year, it ends up being 384 days. And, right? So that's way more than 365. So, Rebbe, you find this case where you have a full year without actually hitting all the holidays, right? Because, like we said, you started after Pesach, you had Shavuot, Sukkot, by the time you get back to Pesach, it's been a full year already. It's not really a full year, though, right? Because it's like. Well, he said 365 days, it's a full year. Right, because he's talking about solar month. year. He's talking about solar year. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Within his opinion, yeah. that's what it is, right? Okay. But according to Rabbana, how are you going to have it? Because Rabbana, they'll say, yeah, okay, it's true that you ended up with more than 12 months. I'm sorry, you ended up with 12 months, but that wasn't, according to their calculation, the, the full year. For them, in that year, you need 13 months, which would go right back to Pesach again. So Gemara says, So the only way, the way we can explain this bright according to uh, Rabbanan would be in the question of Rabbanan. Let me just point out that, you know, you could just say the bright is against, against uh, uh, Rabbanan. But we prefer not to. Right? We prefer to make the, if the bright doesn't specify that it's only a limited opinion, we prefer the bright to be according to as many opinions as possible. So we're trying to fit them all in. Okay, so how would the Rabbanan read the bright? According to Rav Shmaya. What did Rav Shmaya say? He taught, Atzeret, Pa'amim Hamishi, Pa'amim Shisha, Pa'amim Shiva. Now when it comes to the Shavuot, Sometimes Shavuot, which falls out in the month of Nisan, sometimes it falls out the fifth of Sivan. I said Nisan, meant Sivan. It's fifth of Sivan, sometimes the sixth of Sivan, sometimes seventh of Sivan. Now, the truth is, in our calendar, it always falls out the sixth of Sivan. Okay, that's our current calendar. We have a fixed calendar. And the only days they have a fixed calendar, as we mentioned many times, they always viewed the month based on the uh, you know what's it called? The, the testimony of seeing the new uh, the new moon, okay, and based on how that worked out, since it was it was really uh, it was malleable, it could really shift. 
So sometimes the way it would work out, you'd have the fifth, it could be the fifth, sixth, or seventh, which is very interesting. Now, the right there continues. How does that work out? So we got to focus on the months of Nisan and Iyar. We know that a, a full month is a 30-day month, and a Haser month is a 29-day month. Okay, so that's going to be the big difference here. Shnehem if both Nisan, which is the month of Pesach, falls out, and then Iyar, the following month, are Milayim, 30-day months. So when you count 49 days, right, the Shvir to Omer from Pesach, you end up Chamisha. You'll end up with Shavuot falling out on the 5th of Sibam. Okay? Basically, if you think about it, you have 14 days uh, from the 16th of, uh, right, from the 16th of, uh, of uh, Nisan. You have actually 15 days. You'll have uh, right, the 16th day, but it's 30 full days, so it's, that's 15 days. You'll have the full 30 days of um, ER. Okay, that's 45 days. So four more days in Sivan is 49 days, and day 50 is Shavuot. Okay, so that'll be day five. Okay, so that's the fifth. Shnehem Chasirim, but both Nisan and ER are uh, short months, right? Only 29 day months. Shiva, it will work at the, at the seventh, right? So again, but you have 15 days, uh, you have 14 days this time of Nisan because it's a short month. It's only 29, so 15 plus 14 is 29. You have another 29 days of what's it called? Of uh, ER. So that's 14 plus 29 is 43 plus six more days of Sivan. That's 49. And then the next day, the seventh would be Shavuot. Yeah, makes sense. But if one and one, if one is full and one is short, then Shisha ends up being the sixth. So what's the point there? Um, that according to Rav Shmaya, because there's this variability and when Shavuot falls out, so if you have a month, let's say a, a year where you um, are makdish this animal, let's say uh, right after Shavuot, let's say Shavuot one year fell out on the fifth, okay? So you, and you were makdish the day afterwards, let's say on the sixth. And then you had a full year go by, but that next year, that next year, the way the calendar worked out is Shavuot fell out on the 7th. So you've had a full calendar year. You went back to the 6th of Shavu, the 6th of Sivan. That's for the full year. But if you haven't had all the, all the holidays because you still haven't had Shavuot pass by. Hope that makes sense, yeah? Okay? So, so that's how we work according to Rabbanan with Rav Shmaya. Who's the opinion that disagrees with Rav Shmaya about this? That's Achirim, remember Rabbi Meir. Titania, as we talked about Rabbi Meir, says in the Brayza, Achirim, Amin, Ein bin Atzeret, La'atzeret, Ein bin Roshana, La'roshana, Ela Arba Yamim, Bilvan, Ve'im Haitah, Shana, Mubaret, Chamisha. Okay, that the only difference between one Shavuot and the next Shavuot, or one Roshana and the next Roshana, is four days. Now, it doesn't mean four calendar days, that's ridiculous, obviously it's a whole year, but it means it's four weekdays. If you think about how the whole calendar works, you'll end up with a, uh, a divergence of four um, weekdays, meaning if one fell out on a Sunday, the following year, the same holiday will fall out on a Thursday. How does that make sense? Take the number 354. Okay, that's that's, a, that's the number of days in a, in a lunar year. So, if you have 350 divided by 7, yeah, that makes sense, 350, yeah? 35 divided by 7, yeah, so that'd be 50 weeks, okay? So then you have the remainder is four. So if you take a full calendar year, 354 days, you're always going to have four extra calendar days, like weekdays, that move along. So if one was on Sunday, then you go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then next year would be on Thursday. Okay, so that's what he's pointing out. So he's not, so he's, a, but apparently what's happening there, since he's saying it's always four days or always five days, what he's saying is there's not the same variability with the months. Because if you assume variability in the months, that could be sometimes 29, sometimes 30, you wouldn't have that standard all the time four-day difference between these different holidays because you don't know. One year, it's, a, it's true that the fifth of Sivan will always be four days later, but who's to say that that's going to be the day of Shavuot or the sixth of Sivan or the, or the seventh of Sivan? You don't know which day is going to be Sivan that, uh, uh, Shavuot that year, so you couldn't make such a statement. So it means clearly that uh, that he's saying that, that he disagrees with Rav Shmaya and uh, uh, doesn't like that idea that it, that it moves around. He thinks it's much more
Yosef. Okay, so far so good. Now, moving along, next part of the discussion. By Reb Zeir, Reb Zeir asked the following question. What's Allah when it comes to an inheritor? Let's say someone's father um, dedicates somebody to the Beit HaMikdash, said he's going to bring a korban, didn't bring the korban, now the son inherits the father's uh, animals, right? But now, there's sort of like this animal that his father should have really offered as a korban in the Beit HaMikdash. What is, does the son have the obligation to bring that? If he doesn't, is he in violation of Baal Ta'akhir? So the Gemara has the following uh, possibility. Is it that the Pasuk says, when you make a vow? That's what the Torah says. And this guy hasn't made a vow at all, because his father made the vow, so he's not responsible. Or perhaps they say, no. You come there, you bring it. Meaning that's sort of like much more objective. It's not about you and what you personally vowed. It's what the, the, the object itself, right? You just have to bring the things that are obligated, right? So, you'd be obligated. That's, go, that's the question. Doesn't it go back to the decision between like uh, Nedeh and like, like I don't think so. I, I, I understand why you're asking. I don't think necessarily it's the same distinction, though. But it's a good question. So Tashma, the Gemara says, come in here. The Tani Rebichia says, the Pazak says, Me'imach, from you. What does it mean, Me'imach, from you? Pra to the Oresh, that comes to exclude an inheritor, okay? Because it's not you. But isn't the word me'imach necessary for a different teaching? So he says this, this teaches about leka shechopeya. There's other gifts to the poor that you have to uh, that you have to give. So it's not really talking about this at all. But he says no. You could have said it as imach. The pasuk could have said imach. But instead, the pasuk says me'imach. The extra mem, so the extra mem is used as an in, as inclusion that we can learn two different halachos, right? One from the word imach and one from mei imach. And that's why we can have that extra idea that we're excluding the yorish. The yorish is not responsible. Okay, that's end of that discussion. By Reb Zeir, Reb Zeir has a different question. Isha mahi What's the halacha about a woman? Is a woman in violation of ba'atacher? Me, I'm reading halom Do we say, well, she's not obligated in riyah in appearing at the Beit Hamikdash on the three holidays, right? Because it says shalosh pamim b'shana yirae kol zechurcha. All your males zachar must be seen, and that's riyah. Okay, and so since she's not obligated to be at the Beit Hamikdash, how could she be in violation of ba'atacher? She never has to come to the Beit Hamikdash technically. Oh, the no. Ha'ita b'zimchah. Maybe say no. She's still included in the midst of sim. Um, and she's, you know, so then, then she'd have to be able to participate that way. So the art, so she does, he's does, so she doesn't have a specific korban re'iyah she has to bring to the Beit Hamikdash, but she does have obligations like shalme simcha things like that, like other types of korban that have to do with the holiday. So maybe she does sort of have to be at the Beit Hamikdash every once in a while, and then she should be in violation of Al-Takhir. So I'm going to say, Abayi says we should resolve the question by saying she's involved in simcha. Mar says, wait a minute, Umiyomar Abayi, how did Abayi really say this? The Amar Abayi, but Abayi said, Isha ba'al l'msamcha. No, but Abayi himself said a woman's obligation of simcha is that her husband makes her happy and Rashi points out different ways to make her happy let's say buying her new clothes new jewelry whatever it might be something like that the point is that it's not according to Abayi she doesn't have the obligation to bring specific carbonate they have to do with simcha she, can, she experiences simcha in other ways so Gemara answered, so how can it be that bias was like asking Akasha? Gemara says, He was responding within the opinion of Rabbi Zera. It made sense to say that that would be uh, a, res- a resolution to his question, that uh, the women, woman would be obligated because of her general um, requirement to be involved in Simcha. Okay, one more question here. When it comes to a Bechor, we mentioned that you know, the first one in the husband brought it to Korban, from what time, from when in that Bechor is life, do we start counting the full year that you'd be in violation of Al-Ta'akhir? Abayi Amar Mishash and Allah. Abayi says from the time that he's born. Ravacha Bar Yaakov Amar Mishash and Nira Laharta. Ravacha Bar Yaakov says from the time that he's suitable to be brought as a korban, meaning eight days old. Okay, eight days old. The assumption was that until an animal is eight days old, you're not sure, sure it's a viable animal. So the time from, so it's the positive that says, Me Yomash Mini Vahala Yerase. 
Yeah. From the eighth day on, it will be like an accepted or offering by Hashem. Uh, so the question is, what, how do we uh, establish it? Kamar says, there's actually no argument here. Ha bitam, ha bibaal mum. One more line we do after this, okay? Mom's talking about an animal that's tam. Perfect, and he has no uh, blemishes. Rashi says, laharza, laharza. So if it's time, if it's a perfect animal, so it's being brought as a korban. Once it has to be brought as a korban, so then you have to wait till it's suitable as a korban, which would be the eighth day. So you start counting that your clock starts on the eighth day. Or, uh, or maybe once it's a balmum. And the balmum, since it's anyway not able to be brought as a korban, you just start counting right away uh, that one year. Rashi says, balmum, the top of the nine manalaf, shenola be mumo be omed li shachit. Okay, so like basically you start, uh, you have to shock the animal, you have to kill the animal anyway, you have to eat it. So you wait till, uh, you don't wait at all, and start counting that time right away. The Gemara says, hold on a second. Wait, you can eat a Baal Who said you're allowed to do that? Um, Rashi points out, on the, on the day the day that is born, you're allowed to eat a Baal meaning it's not so clear. If an animal, if an animal is going to die, then you don't, you're not allowed to eat it. Okay, that's why we, right? So we don't, you, have, you, don't, you don't know. So you, what the Gemara is saying here is that maybe we don't know until the eighth day, anyways. But an animal is going to be, it's going to survive. Is it a viable animal? The Gemara answers to Kimle Beishakalulochadashat that you've established that it's had a full, like full months, meaning that the animal has had a full, like uh, what do you call it, like. Uh, uh, gestation in the mother, and therefore you're sure that it's a viable uh, animal. And if that would be the case, even if it's Valmum, then you know that it's going to survive, and you can be uh, you can rely on that, and that's where the clock would start right away. Okay, we'll stop there. Let's go.